0: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for the walk we've had through the letter to the Ephesians. As we come to our conclusion today, Lord, we ask that your Spirit would open our hearts and prepare us for walking with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Are you ready for some football? I am, the Cubs stink. <laughs> Remember when that was the, uh, the byline? See, that's dating ourselves, the byline, but for opening the uh, uh, ABC's Monday Night Football. But you know, it strikes me as a strange question. Are you ready for some football? What's to get ready? Maybe get some snacks? maybe a couple of beverages, the remote control. Sit in your recliner. That's about it. It's not like you and I spend a couple of months in camp getting ready for the football season. It's not like we practice every night. Well, maybe we do that with the remote control, but it's the players that fight that battle. We Just watch. What's to get ready? Far more important is the battle that St. Paul talks about in today's last reading from Ephesians. We are at war. And the Scriptures leave no doubt about it. Every day, we are engaged with spiritual warfare, with Satan, the world, and our own sinful flesh. Every one of us is a combatant on the front line. There is no room for Any mamby, pamby, weak need, sit on the sidelines, let someone else fight your battles for you, Christianity. No place for that. Paul says you and I must be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Because the enemy we face is dangerous, he's real. And he fights for keeps. love the letter a missionary once wrote back to his family and, and to his supporters in his newsletter. He had just returned to the mission field. He said, man, it's great to be in the thick of the fight. To draw the old devil's heaviest guns. To have match at you with discouragement, slander, and disease. Because he doesn't waste time on a lukewarm bunch. He hits good and hard when a fellow is hitting him. So beware. If you're trying to be a man or woman of faith in your daily life, in your workplace or in your school or in your home, if you're trying to be a faithful Christian, if you're sharing your faith Boldly, that doesn't make him happy. You being here this morning, after COVID, doesn't please him. He'd much rather we do what they say 30% of Christians are doing, which is not returning to church. It can't make him happy that our preschool is back up, and... Enrollment has been growing. It doesn't make him happy that, uh, the enemy happy that the Sunday school, the the youngest class is so large that we have to divide that into two classes this year. It doesn't please him that we want to work on teaching the next generation or that we're calling uh, a pastor to be able to lead us to do that. None of that pleases the enemy. So beware. He will use every weapon in his arsenal to get it to stop, to fight you, to fight this place. Are you ready? How do you get ready? Well, first, properly identify our enemy. There's a story I'm told uh, the psych ward They come up with this method to, to decide whether or not people were ready to go back, leave the ward, get out of the hospital. They put him in a room where the drain had been stopped up, the water was running, and the water was spilling over everybody, everything, and they gave him a bucket and a mop and told him to clean it up. They decided if the person was smart enough to first turn off the water, maybe they were ready to go home. Smart enough to recognize the problem. Evil is a reality, but do you and I know where that evil comes from? What the real source is? You know, one of the devil's greatest tricks, his most brilliant strategy is to get us fighting with each other. In our marriages, and in our homes, in our workplaces, and even here at church, if he can get us resenting or holding grudges or speaking words in, in harshness to one another, if he gets us focused on each other, fighting the wrong battle with the wrong enemy. He's free to wreak havoc. Listen carefully to what Paul writes. He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle, our fight is not with each other. Our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, how do you know when Satan's at work. What Jesus told us. He said he is a liar. And a father of lies. And You want to know the best weapon against the liar? The truth. You will know the truth, Jesus said. the truth will make you free. And so when the devil comes and he whispers in your ear that there's no way God could love someone like you or forgive you, then you come back at him with the truth. That God has loved you with an everlasting love. That He remembers your sins no more. That the Word promises there's no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. When the enemy lies to you that you're a loser... If you're fighting and losing battle, then come back with the truth. Expose them with the truth that we are, as God's own word says, more than conquerors through Him who loved us. With the truth of that statement that is this year's Sunday school theme, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You want to identify the enemy and confront him with the truth. Second thing, draw your strength from God. Okay? Our adversary, the devil, the Bible says, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's powerful. You and I cannot fight him alone. most vulnerable soldier after all is what? Someone cut off from his unit. The most vulnerable unit is one whose supply lines have been cut. The most vulnerable Christian is the one out there trying to do it on his own, not asking anyone for help, not taking time for God or his word. Just like any army, the supply lines are essential. Made me as I was thinking about this. Made me think of something I read in one of my devotional books. I think I shared this in Bible class last week or the week before about sinkholes. You know what a? Do you want know to sink? Causes a sinkhole. The underground streams drain away, so that the surface has no strength to support it. And when those waters drain away, the surface caves in. A sinkhole forms drawing in with it sidewalks and streets and cars and trees and houses and even people. Well, Folks, when we allow our spiritual strength to drain away, when we're too busy for prayer, too distracted, time in God's Word for worship, then we're in danger of being spiritual sinkholes. Our lives are in danger of caving in before the enemy. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. There was a story about a man and his son went to the zoo one day and they were looking at the lions. The lion was strutting back and forth and suddenly it let out this blood-curdling roar and the boy was scared to death but didn't bother the father at all. Why? Because see, the boy saw the lion. The father saw the cage. Our enemy is real. He's powerful. But he's caged. He's defeated. The Bible says the Son of God came. For this reason, the Son of God appeared to destroy the devil's work. That's why Jesus came. That's why He went out and faced temptation. That's, That's why... He died on the cross. That's why He rose again to destroy the devil's work. And it's only strong in Jesus that you and I can fight this battle. So folks, we got to do what every army, what every soldier has to do. We have to guard our supply lines. We need to make sure that we guard safely from all the distractions our refueling time every day and every week refueling time. In God's Word. That's really what Jesus was saying, and I only quoted the last half of the promise. Here's the first half If you abide in my word, if you keep the supply line open, you'll know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So draw your strength, not from yourself but from God. Third thing. Be ready with the weapons God has supplied. Put on, he says, the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It would look ridiculous for an army to go marching into battle in its skivvies. It would be silly for an army to march into battle and leave its weapons behind. Well, God in baptism has supplied you with armor. The helmet of salvation. The assurance that you're saved. The breastplate of righteousness. That's Christ's righteousness that assures you and your heart that you're right with God. The shield of faith that can ward off the temptations of the enemy. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The one little word that That the old hymn says, fells him every single time. You know, soldiers spend time with their weapon. They train with their weapon. They train with their armor on. They take their weapon on all sorts of training. And you know what else they do? They train together. Because they don't go into battle alone. They go into battle with their unit. And so they train together so that when battle comes, they're ready to fight as a unit. We've been talking about life together these past few weeks, haven't we? This is why it's so important that we do life together. Together we fight together. We train together. That's why we're here. That's why he gives us lay ministers and deaconesses and Stephen ministry sort of medical units triage on the field treating the wounds of battle. That's why we have small groups where we encourage one another and and train together and learn in the Word. That's why He gives us pastors and teachers to, to help equip us with His Word for the battle. We train together so that we don't fight alone. Even at those moments when we are alone. You know, I love the story one pastor told once of about his dad. He said, we were in a car together. He was a kid and his father was driving, obviously. And he said, all of a sudden, from the opposite direction, this car lost control and came straight towards us. He said, you know, my dad's first reaction was not to to cuss or yell. My dad's first reaction was, Lord, help us. In the midst of one of life's little skirmishes, his first reaction was to pray. Why? Because he practiced praying every day. Because the church taught him to pray in time of need. So that's where he went without even thinking in the midst of battle. Friends, That's why we do life together at Fishers. We come here for training. We come here for encouragement. We come here to be built up as one unit in the body of Christ. We come here, we rejoice, we hug, we cry, we laugh, pray together, we sing together, so that when we go out there, when we go into battle, we go together, we go wearing the armor that God has provided, we go supporting one another, we go out together ready for the battle. Amen? Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.